Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. I'm just going to do a, we're going to do a short little talk um, because over the past six weeks, we've been in the book of Exodus, the Old Testament book of Exodus, um, and we're going to, uh, tonight's going to be our last night um, in the book, and um, like I said, it's going to be shorter because the bulk of the night is actually going to be spent, we're going to spend some time worshiping through song and prayer um, all together. Um, so as we finish the series in Exodus, I want to just remind us of our aim our goal in doing the series. So, so what, have we been, what have we been talking about? What's, what's our goal of the series? So we've been going through this book of Exodus, um, following the story of God throughout this book um, of how he has rescued and redeemed and provided for uh, Moses and the Israelites, uh, his, his people. So the story of Exodus has ultimately been about God, his work um, in this book. And our hope has been to clarify some maybe some confusing aspects of the book that you might gloss over if you read it real fast. Um, and our hope has also been to, to read this book with New Testament eyes, um, showing how Jesus is very much so present in this Old Testament book as he is foreshadowed um, and is being revealed in this book. And so that's what our, our hope has been. Hopefully that's what y'all have gotten out of the series. Um, but let me just point something out first, uh, real quick. I imagine there's still a lot of questions you might have about the book. Um, we did not cover it all. And so I actually, when I was preparing for this little talk, um, I, I counted up, I did the math. Uh, the amount of verses we showed and talked about over the past six weeks was only 15% of the entire book of Exodus. And so naturally, there's so much of the book that we did not cover. And we knew that going into it. We can't cover it all. Um, and so that was, so if you have questions or you're still thinking through, okay, what is this book? How does it all tie together? Um, then my, that's expected. And my encouragement would be to, to go back and read the book all the way through, maybe over Christmas break, um, to explore more of the complexity and beauty of this story um, that is called Exodus. Um, but... Tonight, as, so as we wrap things up uh, in this, this short little talk, um, I'm gonna just pray for us and, uh, and we'll continue. So God, thank you for bringing us here. Thanks for being here with us. Um, we ask for you to work and to transform us by um, looking at more of who you are um, and how good you are in your character um, through the book of Exodus. Uh, and this, this one story that, that it's your story, it's about you, pointing to you. And so, Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see you more clearly and lead us into a time of, of, uh, of worship um, in prayer and song um, so that you will receive much glory um, tonight in us being here. We love you. We trust that you would do these things um, by your spirit. Amen. Okay. Tonight, we're gonna be talking about a theme that is introduced in the book of Exodus, uh, this theme is, is central to the entire story of Exodus. This theme is actually central to the entire story of the Bible. In fact, this theme is central to the understanding of the entire purposes of God 
as he created the universe, why he created you, why he created me. This theme is the glory of God, the glory of God. So you see in Exodus, in several places, the glory of God is explicitly pointed to. In Exodus 14, God, he says that he acts powerfully and salvifically to get glory over Pharaoh. In Exodus 16 and 24, the glory of God is experienced by the people through the appearances of a cloud and a pillar of fire. God's glory. And in Exodus 33, where we're gonna be, at, where we're gonna be tonight, Moses, he has a deep intercession or deep prayer with God revolving around God's glory. So let's read it. Next, it is 33. If you have your Bible, you can turn there or it's gonna be on the screens. So starting in verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if, you, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And, and he said to him, this is Moses, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, here it is, please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock and while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. And later in Exodus 35, it says that, that Moses' face was veiled during this. So here, seeing and experiencing the glory of God is Moses' greatest concern. So what is glory? So a lot can be said about glory that can't be said now. So I wanna, I wanna reference just a, 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 uh, an author who, who really sums it up really well, I believe. So her name is Tilly DeLahey. She writes in her book on envy. She writes this, according to the Bible, the glory of God can be described 
with a range of terms. It is God's brightness, his splendor, his radiance. It is his weightiness, his power, his majesty. It is his fame, his honor, and his renown. In the words of Douglas Moo, glory signifies the splendor and majesty that belong intrinsically to the one true God. That's glory. See, similar to God and his holiness, God's glory is unlike glory of anyone or anything else in all of creation. Delahaye later writes that glory is something God possesses in his very nature, that he can't not have glory. It is part of who he is. This is the God, the God of glory that created the entire universe by the word of his power. This is the God that we've learned of in Exodus who went to war with Pharaoh to prove that he is supreme and this God won. This is the God who parted the Red Sea to save and deliver his people from slavery. This is the God that Moses and the Israelites knew. And in chapter 33, Moses refuses to live a life outside of the care and provision and protection and presence of this great God of glory. This is the God who created you, who created me for his glory. By knowing him, loving him, experiencing him, God gets glory and we get more of God and are deeply satisfied in that. We get to see more of his beauty. We get to experience a sense of awe and wonder in just knowing him for who he is. And then we can respond in lives that honor him. And this is the God of glory who revealed his glory most clearly to us through his son, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 says, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That is 2 Corinthians 4, 6. You see, the glory of God is the face of Jesus Christ, most clearly. The one who made a way for us to know this great God of glory. And because of Jesus and the work of his spirit in us, this is what's also true of us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to the next. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. As you and I experience and behold the glory of God in our lives, we are transformed. This was the plea of Moses This is our plea, to be concerned with the glory of God, to experience and behold the glory of God, and to be transformed by it from one degree of glory to the next. This is why we're here. This is why we exist. 
So in going back to Exodus, this is what happens right after that dialogue we read about earlier between God and Moses. Chapter 34, the Lord, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord proclaimed his name. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, I am a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who, who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children, the children's children, to the third and fourth generation. What happens next? Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and he worshiped. God answered Moses' plea. God revealed himself, revealed his glory to Moses, proving his true nature and character to be a God of mercy, a God that is gracious, full of steadfast love. How does Moses respond in worship? Being in complete all of who God is, and from being in his presence, he responds in worship by dwelling on, ruminating on, seeing and experiencing the glory of God, he worships. It is the most pure and most natural response to beholding the glory of God. You see, the book of Exodus, it actually ends in chapter 40 talking about the glory of God. I'm not gonna read it now. You can read it on your own if you'd like. But this is why we're also ending tonight like this. As we've journeyed through this book the past six weeks, hopefully you see that this book is about the glory of God and his saving work for the people that he loves. And as we've talked about this book and made the, the right connections to Jesus, it's pointing us to his ultimate glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So now, for the rest of the night, we just wanna respond like Moses, right? In worship. We wanna worship God through song and prayer. As we dwell on and ruminate on and experience and sing of the beautiful, powerful, majestic glory of God, may our hearts and our minds be transformed in this moment right here right now, all together. So let me pray for us. God, we enter this time now just of responding to who you are. Not to earn anything from you, not to boast before you, not to prove anything to you, but to respond with hearts of gratitude and of love because of who you are and how you've shown your glory to us in our lives through your son and by your spirit. So God, now lead us to be transformed and leave different because we spent time in your presence, enjoying you and singing of your glory. God, you are glorious and our praise and worship and honor is for you. 
Amen.